Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's great to be back. I hope you enjoyed that previous episode. Our commentary on King George III and his uh, various evil, tyrannical goings-on. And we're going to have a short episode on this one here. This is going to be episode number 67. Hope everything is going fantastic for everybody out there in the world. And thank you again for joining us. Thank you for participating in this study group of the Founding Fathers It's always great to have as many people as possible in here uh, sharing this material, uh, sharing with us in the uh, in the learning of this this particular kind of history, real history from the founding fathers directly from their letters. In this episode, I'm just going to talk a little bit about factions, uh, something that John Adams talked a lot about. I actually I'll have a quote for you from John Adams from some of his writings. Very brief quote. We're not going to cover a a lengthy letter or anything like that. We're just going to go over it briefly. But one of the things that actually spurred me to do this episode was one of the reviews that I had read on the previous episode, and I meant to I meant to mention this, and I forgot to, so I thought I would mention it on the beginning of this uh, on this here episode. I had read a review from somebody on the previous episode, and I had excluded something in parentheses in that review from the quote, and I meant to mention it previously, but I forgot to. I last episode I had by the time I got to the reviews, I had been recording for something on the le- on the order of like two hours, so I was just uh. At the end of my rope. Anyway, sometimes these things slip my mind. Uh, but you, you'll notice if you actually read the review on Apple Podcasts, there was a there was a section of the review in parentheses that I excluded. And the reason why I did it was because it contained a political slogan. And I don't think it was the intent of the reviewer to do anything contrary to what the podcast represents or anything of that anything of that sort. But yes, if a political slogan or something like that is left in a in a comment or review on the podcast, it'll be excluded. I won't if I if I read the comment at all, I will not include the uh, the political slogans or modern political references, especially if they're tied to a specific individual or a specific party or a specific political movement, et cetera, et cetera. And that's because uh, I don't I don't do that myself on the podcast. I don't bring that kind of material on here. So obviously I won't read it from out of the comments either. And the reason for that is, again, it goes back to our nonpartisan stance on this podcast. And some folks who are new to the podcast and maybe haven't listened to some of the earlier episodes yet, maybe they've just listened to a few a few of the recent episodes, or maybe this episode is their first, might not know exactly why I maintain a a, a try to maintain anyway a position of nonpartisan on this on this podcast. The reason why I do it is because there's a couple reasons. Number one, everybody gets enough of that on the daily. Uh, if you listen to any kind of a political podcast, a news podcast, or you simply watch the news, you are bombarded with partisan crap all the time. I actually thought about this recently. Try to imagine, if you will, a news channel, like a 24-7 news channel, that actually reports the news all day, just just one day out of the year, just one day out of the year. And never mentions the president at all. And I don't care if we're talking about the current president, the previous president, the one before that, or the one before that. Try to find a news channel that can go an entire day without once mentioning the president. Good luck with that. It's like they can't help themselves. It's a, it's a compulsion. 
And so we get bombarded by this crap all the time. Do we need all that stuff on a, on another podcast? No, we don't. Uh, we like to we like to keep all of that stuff the heck out of this podcast as much as possible. And the other reason why I maintain a nonpartisan attitude on this podcast is because the founding fathers, especially General Washington and John Adams, they would hate me. For, well, I don't know if they would hate me for it, but they would they would. Definitely, I, I firmly believe this, they would definitely disapprove of me doing that on this podcast. If they were still around and they listened to this podcast and they heard me being partisan on here with their material and talking about the Constitution and talking about the Declaration, I can't imagine that they would be very happy with me. So I want to do right by the Founding Fathers, and I want to not bring partisan stuff on this podcast. So that's uh, that's another reason why. So if you leave a review on the podcast, you can you can leave a political slogan in there, I suppose, if you want to. It's your choice. But I, it won't get read on the podcast because I just can't bring it on here. Uh, and some folks may may be aware of that at this point. Some may not. Uh, I, I figured I would say it again just to, just to be clear because it, it segues me into a discussion. And there's going to be a longer discussion about this later on in the podcast, obviously. And I, when I say later on, I mean probably a, a year, two years, three years from now. I don't know exactly when it's going to come up. But I thought I might uh, front load a little bit of that material to you. As a little foreshadowing, I like to do this, you know, periodically to front load some of this material that we're going to talk about later so that, number one, you can understand that this this podcast is going to broaden out later on into other things that the Founding Fathers wrote about. And also, just to take a break from where we're at in 1774-75 and have a broader discussion about something. And John Adams wrote a letter to a Roger Sherman in 1789. And I wanted to read a, a, a small section of this letter to you to demonstrate to you why John Adams would probably disapprove of me being partisan on this podcast and why we should all take a lesson from Mr. Adams and try not to be partisan at all in our, in, in our, in our approach to the Constitution, government, politics, and so on and so forth. So I'll read this section to you here. Quote, We shall very soon have parties formed. A court and country party, and these parties will have names given to them. One party in the House of Representatives will support the president and his measures and ministers. The other will oppose them. A similar party will be in the Senate. These parties will study with all their arts, perhaps with intrigue, perhaps with corruption, at every election to increase their own friends and diminish their opposers. Suppose such parties formed in the Senate— and then consider what factious divisions we shall have there upon every nomination, end quote. My goodness, Mr. Adams. This man was either a classic genius, or he had a time machine. Did you capture everything that he said in that quote? And again, this was written in 1789. Let's put that in perspective. What was going on in 1789? Well, here's one thing that'll put it, one thing in particular that'll put it in perspective for you. George Washington was inaugurated as the first president of the United States in April of 1789. That comes directly from Mount Vernon. If you want to check out that uh, that reference, Mount Vernon has some great information for you. Uh, go over there and check that out. So this was written same year President Washington was inaugurated. So George, so John Adams didn't have a lot of history to pull from in the United States, that is. As far as the current government under the Constitution, he didn't have a lot of history to pull from to make this prediction. He just knew it because he knew people, he knew government, he knew corruption, he knew factions, he knew parties because he was a student of history. This is the benefit, ladies and gentlemen, of being a student of history. It's almost like you have a crystal ball. 
It's almost like you have a time machine, and you can see things that have yet to happen. If you ever wondered, what is the benefit of being a student of history? There's one of them right there. You can put the pieces together before all the pieces of the puzzle are actually on the board. I'll read some of this to you again. Quote, We shall very soon have parties formed. End quote. Continuing on. Quote, One party in the House of Representatives will support the President and his measures and ministers. The other will oppose them. End quote. Continuing on. S quote, Suppose such parties formed in the Senate... And then consider what factious divisions we shall have there upon every nomination, end quote. Now tell me, try to convince me, I should say, try to convince me or anybody else with two brain cells to rub together that this is not exactly what has happened in this country over the last 250 years. Or 200 plus years. We're coming close to 250 since 1776. That's why I keep saying 250. If you keep wondering where I'm getting that 250 years time frame, we're coming up close to 1776, 250 years since. But since obviously this was you know, 13 years later, so a little bit further away from 1776. But anyway, you get the idea. 200 plus years later, John Adams pegged it exactly, exactly, because he knew this spirit of faction, a.k.a. partisanship, would take hold. And it would soon become not about the United States of America, not about freedom and liberty, not about the Bill of Rights, not about the Constitution, not about the Declaration, but about the factions, about the division, about the corruption, that's why we have to be nonpartisan. We can't buy into these teams. And oftentimes there are, you know, there are political slogans that are used to insult, to harass, to malign certain groups of people in this country. And we have to steer clear of that. We have to try. I'm convinced there's a couple of groups of people in this country. There are people who believe in the Constitution of the United States of America, and then there's people who don't. Now, within that group of people who believe in the Constitution of the United States, there are different subgroups. And I think these subgroups sometimes get confused about what really is in the Constitution, what's really not in the Constitution, how that should be applied, how that should be honored, enforced, applied, etc. And sometimes they bicker amongst each other, and they think themselves on opposite sides of the discussion, but really if they just sat down and thought long and hard about it and had a lengthy discussion with each other about it, they would find out that they're really just fighting, fighting about the same doggone thing. And then, of course, there's that other group that doesn't believe in the Constitution, and frankly speaking, those people really ought to just pack up their bags and leave the country. They're, they're no better than a, a group of secessionists, to be brutally honest with you. That's how I look at it. If you don't support the Constitution, you basically believe in secession. If you don't believe in the Declaration, you're a secessionist. And I, I don't really have much time or patience for you. And frankly speaking, this podcast really doesn't have much time and patience for you either. So, again, pack up your bags, take your secessionist ways, and move on. But the rest of us really ought to just... Look at the Constitution of the United States. Let's not look at people based on political slogans, based on partisanship, these factions that John Adams describes, this corruption that John Adams describes. Let's just try to stick to the Constitution. You know, and in politics, you know, the, we should just try to look for people like John Adams, somebody who wanted to remain true to what this country was founded upon, or Benjamin Franklin or whatever. Because I think this country's tired. You know, I think the country's tired of the partisanship. And I think it wants to get back. I think many of us, I certainly do, want to get back to just the basics. The Bill of Rights of the United States. Can't we all agree on that? The answer is no, of course not. Again, there, there's, there's a lot of confusion about the Bill of Rights. There's a lot of confusion about why it's there and what it means. This is what causes a lot of the partisanship in this country is that confusion. Now, we can alleviate that confusion 
by studying the letters from the Founding Fathers, a.k.a. the instruction manual to the Constitution, and by studying the letters, we will understand why the Bill of Rights is there, what each one of those amendments means, and how important it is today. I actually heard this recently. I heard somebody literally say this. I forget who it was. It was in the last few weeks. It was in the news. Somebody was somebody was talking about the Constitution, and they said, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, how do we know what the Founding Fathers intended by the Constitution? And their implication was, we don't know. So, yeah, you, nobody can say what the Founding Fathers actually meant by that, because we don't know. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this person has been horribly failed by so many institutions in this country. They were failed, apparently, by the education system because the education system didn't teach them better. They were failed by their parents because their parents didn't teach them any better. And they were failed, apparently, by their friends and neighbors, their associates, because they didn't teach them any better. Because those of us on this podcast know how wrong that statement is. It is very possible to know exactly what the Founding Fathers intended by the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, because we know where the instruction manual is. The reason why that person said that, that they don't know what the Founding Fathers intended, is because they have no idea that there's even an instruction manual to the Constitution. They don't know, because they're so uneducated. But we know better, don't we? There is an instruction manual. If you're having trouble with the Constitution, you crack open the manual and you start reading. And that's what we do on this podcast. And that's the value of it. Let me read you another quote from uh, John Adams. This is in a letter written to Samuel Adams, his cousin. I always like these letters written between the Adams. They're very, they're very fun to read. This one was written October of 1790. I'll read a very short, short quote from this letter. And I quote, There are a few popular men in the Massachusetts, my friend who have, I fear, less honor, sincerity, and virtue than they ought to have. These, if they are not guarded against, may do another mischief. They may excite a party spirit and a mobbish spirit instead of the spirit of liberty, end quote. A party spirit, a mobbish spirit instead of liberty. Spirit of liberty. Look around, ladies and gentlemen. Are we not living the greatest fears of John Adams in that regard right now today in this country? Haven't we all participated in one form or another in doing exactly what John Adams is telling us not to do? I will admit, ladies and gentlemen, once upon a time, I was a stupid child. Yes, I was. Even me. I say jokingly. Of course I was. You know, I was, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I was that kid, you know, when I was in, as young as middle school, I know for sure, maybe even elementary school, I was always paying attention to politics and the news, and what was going on in the world. It, it fascinated me. Probably because, again, I'm a student of history, and I was probably born that way. I, I, I've been fascinated by history since I can remember. And studying the world and studying politics just goes hand in hand with that. You, you almost can't have one without the other. And I remember the thoughts that I had back then. And I remember the feelings that I had back then. And I can tell you that the vast majority of them, even though I had studied this stuff from an early age, all the way up into my early 20s, I had no freaking clue what the heck I was talking about. Which, by the way, speaking of foreshadowing and discussions that we're going to have later on in this podcast, I do not support the, the changing of the voting age from 21 to 18. That's in the amendments to the Constitution. We're going to talk about that more when we get there. And I know somebody out there is going to say, oh my gosh, Roman, how dare you? You mean you actually don't support people who are 18 years of age being able to vote? People who should be, people who could be called up in the military draft and sent off to war and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, the voting age was 21 back when the founding fathers were around, and there were kids younger than 18 who went into combat and got shot at. There were kids on the front line 
17, 16, 15 in some cases. I'm dead serious. And they thought it was okay to have the voting age of 21. So what the heck's the difference? Why did we get soft? And why did we change it? I don't know. Again, except that we got soft because it's almost, and I say that having lived that life, having lived the life of a young person, a child, who thought he knew everything there was to, well, not everything to know, he thought he knew a lot about politics and what was going on in the world. And as, as much time as I spent studying that material, as much time as I spent looking at it all through my youth, I still didn't know what the heck I was talking about. You know why? Because there's no substitute for wisdom. And because I hadn't yet spent a great deal of time looking at what the Founding Fathers actually said. There's just no substitute for it. And it's almost impossible for somebody who's 18, 19, 20, or even 21 for that matter, to be intelligent on these issues. I listen to these college kids and these high school kids talk today like they know what they're talking about when it comes to politics, and they don't. They don't have the first clue. And these kids get caught up in this partisan spirit, this corrupt, factious spirit that John Adams is talking about. And it's a sad commentary. And I you know I hate to say this as well, but you know... My generation, and honestly, many, probably the generation before me, we were greatly failed by our parents and our grandparents. And I'm, I, I, I caution, I, I say this cautiously because I hate to, uh, I hate to go after our parents and our grandparents, but they were, they were the ones who allowed this factious spirit and the generations that came before them, you know, going back quite a ways, actually. They're the ones who allowed this factious party spirit to take over and the spirit of liberty to be diminished. And we were raised in this culture of partisan faction instead of a spirit of liberty, like John Adams describes. And we've got to pull away from that. We have to pull away from it. It took me years to figure that out. Again, when I was young and stupid, I didn't realize that. I participated in it because I was young and stupid. But that's not a crime. I mean, everybody's guilty of being young and stupid at some point in their life. I mean, that's kind of the process of growing up. And we all go through that. And there's good news to be had on the other end of that story. If you come out of it, if you come out of being young and stupid and you actually become an adult and then you're, you know, in your late 20s and 30s and 40s and all that, you finally, you know, figure out, okay, I was young and I was stupid and, you know, I didn't know what I was talking about. Now it's time to study some history read the Founding Fathers, read the instruction manual to the Constitution of the United States of America, listen to that guy Roman on the podcast try to deliver a message from the Founding Fathers, and listen to those words that come right off the page, right out of the mind of John Adams, and take that, take the wisdom from that man, from that great man, and the wisdom of the old wise man, Benjamin Franklin. Take that wisdom, make it a part of ourselves, and then march forward with a spirit of liberty. And take the spirit of faction, take the spirit of party, and cast it off and bury it a thousand feet under the ground, never to be seen or heard from again. Now, you'll never get the whole country to go along with that, but for you personally, you can do it. I can do it. I can encourage my friends and neighbors to do it. I can encourage my family to do it. And I can encourage people to just look towards one thing, well, two things. Two things and two things only. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States of America. Those are the documents that matter. Those are the ideals that matter. Those are the principles that matter. And all of this faction and all of this party and all the rest of it is just a distraction. It always has been. It always will be. And the politicians love that, by the way. They love distracting you from what's real and what's true. And I don't care what side you're talking about. They bo Both sides love doing it because it allows them to get away with bloody murder. The Constitution. The Founding Fathers wanted us to understand it, they wanted us to grab a hold of it, and they wanted us to follow that document into the future. And we have. Good news. For the most part, despite the parties, despite the factions, despite all the corruption and all the rest of it, strangely enough, it's actually held true for the most part, for the last 200 plus years. That's pretty doggone spectacular if you think about it. 
And that's because, you know, despite the fact that we were young and stupid, despite the fact that I was young and stupid, there's still something in us every once in a while that says, you know what, that Bill of Rights, that Constitution, we got to hold true to that. We haven't done a great job of doing that, but we've done a pretty good job, but we need to do better. And we do that by studying this material and understanding why it is that John Adams said these things that he said about parties and faction and the spirit of liberty. Why did he say this stuff? I'll read this section to you again. Quote, There are a few popular men in Massachusetts, my friend, who I have, who have, I fear, less honor, sincerity, and virtue than they ought to have. These, if they are not guarded against, may do another mischief. They may excite a party spirit and a mobbish spirit instead of the spirit of liberty, end quote. He speaks again of virtue. They have less honor, sincerity, and virtue than they ought to have. Boy, I'll tell you, if that doesn't describe 99% of the politicians in this country, I don't know what will. I don't know what does. And he says this has to be guarded against. In other words, don't support it. Don't encourage it. Don't repeat it. Don't fan the flames of it. Don't be a useful idiot. Don't let these people use you. They want to use you to their own ends, to their own corruption, to empower themselves, their friends, the quote-unquote elites, the people that I call the corrupt, when really we, what we ought to do is we ought to band together as a people, as the American people, grab a hold of that Constitution and hold on to it with our friends, our neighbors, our families, and say, this is what we live by. And there may be some provisions in that Constitution that you, you're not exactly a big fan of. That's fine. There's provisions in there that I'm not a big fan of either. I mentioned one of them on this episode, and I want to talk about more of them as the podcast goes on, especially when we get to talking about the Constitution. I do not support at all the voting age being dropped from 21 to 18. It was a stupid, stupid idea in my opinion. This country got soft, and in a moment, we passed that stupid freaking amendment. Never should have happened, in my opinion. There's going to be a multitude of people out there who disagree with me, and they may have reasons why. And you know what? I want to hear from you. If you disagree with me on that, I want you to leave a review on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts, and tell me why. And I'm not going to be mad at you, and I'm not going to try to tear you apart. I'm just going to, you know, somebody might say, well, you know what? I served in the armed force. This is this is me giving you an example. Somebody might write a review saying, hey, I served in the armed forces. I, I volunteered at the age of 18, and I believe that I deserve to have the right to vote if I was going to be sent off to war. That's the, that's, the, that's the reason a lot of people give, and I feel that. Both of my parents volunteered to join the Army. My, my father volunteered to join the Army at a very—I think he was 17 when he decided to join the military. And this is right after—this is, well, during—right right towards the end of the Vietnam War. I understand. Believe me, I understand. But I still disagree with you. But that's fine. Because reasonable people can agree to disagree on many things. And I, I like hearing those reasons. Maybe somebody has another reason that I haven't heard, why they why they actually support that, why they think 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds should be able to vote. Me, personally, again, I just don't think they're wise enough to make big decisions like that. Now, how do I reconcile that? How do I reconcile people being being able to be sent off to war but not being able to vote? How, how do I how do I deal with that? And you know, it really there's two there's two ways I deal with that. Number one, it's real easy right now because we have an all volunteer army. If you don't like it, don't volunteer for the army until you're 21. Knock yourself out. I don't care. Just don't join. It's that simple. Um, if it's if you know if let's let's assume there is a draft. I mean, just like most men in this country, I I registered for the draft when I turned 18, 
And I would have been perfectly fine, you know, if there was a draft on and there was a war that actually made sense, like a World War II type situation. I would have been happy to to be drafted into the military. I probably would have joined in that circumstance like that. But let's say I'm drafted in the military. I would have been fine not being able to vote. I would have been fine with it. That's when we've got to count on everybody else in the country to do the right thing. You, you, it's, it's basically, you know, this country is really, it's kind of a team effort if you think about it. We really have to count on those who can vote, those who are 21 and older. Let's, assuming this amendment wasn't passed. Obviously, this is a fictitious scenario at this point. But, you know, assuming that amendment had never been passed, and by the way, it's the 26th Amendment. It's, it's, if you're curious about which one it is, it's the 26th. But if that amendment had never passed, and, you know, and somebody got drafted into the military at 18 today, uh, I would say we, we have to count on everybody else in the country who can vote to make the right decisions, to not send their brothers and their their, their sons off to war needlessly. That's always been a huge responsibility. And that's also why, you know, the United States Congress used to take its job seriously and formally declare war whenever there was a war. We've kind of gotten away from that, haven't we? When was the last time the United States Congress actually declared war on another country that we went to war with? Think about that. That's a good question to ask. I'll, 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 I'll talk about that on a future episode of the podcast, perhaps, but everybody kind of knows the answer to that question, I think. I'm not going to get into it right now, but needless to say, it, it's been a really long time. We, as long as we get back to that, as long as we get back to Congress actually formally declaring war when we go off to war, and everybody is being very responsible about their vote, then it wouldn't matter that people who are 18, 19, and 20 can't vote. It wouldn't matter. Now, I, I kind of got roped into this discussion about the voting age and all the rest of it because, you know, I talk about, in relation to this issue of party spirit and factions and corruption and all the rest of it, because I think a big part of people being roped into these parties and these factions instead of uh, instead of just maintaining a spirit of liberty like um like John Adams describes i th i think i think one has something to do with the other i think this youthful spirit this this ignorant i i sometimes i should i should probably just call it ignorant instead of stupid but this ignorant spirit of young people you know to get involved in politics has a lot to do with this this factious spirit that we have in politics in this country and this partisanship that we have. I think it has something to do with it. And I think if we spend a little bit more time focused on acquiring wisdom before we actually go out and engage in these kind of political discussions, I think this country would probably be a better place. But instead, people at a very young age are pushed into this political environment in this country when they're too young and too ignorant to be properly equipped to handle it on an intellectual level. And again, I, I, I know that because I look at myself in hindsight. I was that I, I was that kid who knew a lot about knew a lot about the candidates, knew a lot about politics when I was in middle school and high school. But at the same time, I didn't know jack squat about the broader, the bigger picture. Because how could I at such a young age? But hopefully this podcast, you know, serves to assist in that regard. You know, the part of the reason why this podcast is a family-friendly podcast is I intend, I intend, I intend it to be available and accessible to uh, people of a young age, middle school and up, so that they can get the material that they don't get elsewhere. Uh, the public school, again, the history class and all the rest of it, they're very time limited because the schools don't dedicate enough time to the history teachers and the history classes that they should. And instead, they teach some other important stuff like math and science, but they also teach a lot of basically garbage. 
And so there's not enough time to fit in this long discourse about the Founding Fathers, about the instruction manual to the United States Constitution and all the rest of it. So this podcast can serve to augment that education and bring people up to speed a lot faster. That's what I like about it. Without having to spend a lot of time doing it, because it, it it's time-consuming finding these letters. Like, how long did it fi- take me to find these two letters that I just read to you right now, right on this podcast? It only took me about 30 seconds to read the two of them, roughly that. Somewhere between 30 seconds and a minute. But they're two letters from 1780 and 1790, written to two different people by the same guy, John Adams. But very small sections of these letters talk about this factious party stuff. The, those letters are really long letters, actually, if you, if you actually look at them. They're very long. How long does it take me to sift through all of that to be able to get down and find these little pieces? A long frickin' time. A long time. I engaged a project a few years ago. This was probably now five, six years ago, I guess, at this point, where I decided... I was going to read a lot of John Adams because if you haven't figured out by now, he's my favorite. I was going to read a lot of John Adams. I was going to I was going to walk or what I describe as walking around inside the brain of John Adams. And it was an enlightening experience. I spent a lot of time reading, a lot of time reading. And I want to bring all of that work onto this podcast so that you can benefit from it. You don't have to do all that work. You can if you want to, and you're going to find a lot of stuff that I don't cover on this podcast because time constraints, or I just don't think it's applicable to what we're talking about. I have to curate this information. I have to find the letters that I think are most applicable to the discussion and bring them on. Obviously, there's more letters than this, than, than what I'm ever going to read on this on this podcast. Even if I do this podcast for another five years, there's always going to be letters I don't read. Mostly, mostly, because you believe me, you don't want me to read them. I always joke about the letters from General Washington about his crops. Now, if somebody wants me to, as a joke, if you leave a review on the podcast and you ask me to le- read one of George Washington's crops letters uh, on the podcast, I'll do it. So whoever does that, um, whoever does that first, uh, I'll, I'll give you a shout out on the podcast, and I'll, I'll, I'll take an, I'll do a bonus episode or something where I read about George Washington's crops. But yeah, letters like that, yeah, I'm not going to read on this podcast for the most part, like I said, except for that one time is kind of a joke. But um, but yeah, I hope this podcast serves at least that purpose of, of giving you some giving you some uh, some of this information from the founding fathers without you having to put a lot of work into it. You can just fire up the podcast and start listening, and you get the source material. I quote directly from the sources. I give you exactly what I'm talking about, and then I provide some context around it and a little bit of my own opinion and so on and so forth. And you know the difference between what I'm reading off the page and my own opinion, because I, I quote. A lot of people, when they do podcasts, by the way, when they're reading material from another source, they don't do that. You'll notice that. They don't do quote and then end quote. It's sometimes hard to follow them. And I like to do that very specifically because I like to I like to frame what I'm talking about. What, what is the Founding Fathers and what is me? So there's no confusion. So I hope you found that discussion about partisanship enlightening, and you understand more why I absolutely hate partisan bickering. And I don't read, um, like, like I said, if somebody leaves a review on the podcast and there happens to be a political slogan in it, I will exclude it. Again, I forgot to mention that on the previous episode when I was reading reviews, but I thought I would catch up and mention it on this episode here and explain why and, and give you some John Adams. Uh, so it's, so you know, it's not just me who has a problem with this. John Adams has a problem with it too. And it's John Adams and George Washington, mostly those two guys that inform my opinion about parties and factions and all the rest of it. And I do want to read another review. There was another review on the podcast I didn't get to last time. I want to read it now because I like to read the reviews uh, to give a shout out to those people who are participating in the study group and providing some commentary of their own that we can bring on to the podcast. And so, so you know that I'm paying attention to what you have to say. 
Uh, a lot of podcasters, they don't read reviews on their podcast because, frankly speaking, they don't care. I mean, they'll they'll ask you for a five-star review, which I don't do, by the way. They'll ask you for a five-star review and so on and so forth. But how many of them actually read reviews on their podcast? I, some do, I'm sure. But honestly, of all the podcasts that I listen to, and I listen to quite a few, almost nobody does it. And part of that is they have a lot of, they have a lot of listeners. I mean, those million-dollar podcasters out there, they have like tens of thousands of listeners, and there's a lot of reviews. It's hard to read them all. But um, for, as, for as much as I possibly can, even if this podcast even gets bigger someday, I'm, I, I'll, I'll still continue to try to read as many of these reviews as I can. So I'll read a review from uh, Keith Hansen. This is a fairly recent review that he left, and I quote, Roman takes you on a lengthy and detailed journey through the Revolutionary War from the perspective of some of the greatest men to have ever lived. If you wish to learn the true meaning behind our Constitution and where that meaning originated, this podcast is a must. Keep up the good work, Roman. End quote. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much for that review. I really appreciate that uh, feedback. Uh, that you provide about the work that uh, that I do on the podcast. And I, I do agree with your sentiment there, some of the greatest men to have ever lived. Uh, that kind of harkens back to my statement about the greatest generation, that I do believe that this was America's greatest generation because of the hardships that they had to endure, the almost impossible task of building a country while at the same time holding it together and fighting a war and all the rest of it, while the economy was collapsing and, and so on and so forth. Very difficult. Uh, thing for these men to have gone through, but somehow they pulled it off. Very, very amazing when you look at that. So I totally agree with you. Uh, some of the greatest men to have ever lived, absolutely. And as far as the true meaning behind our Constitution, as he says, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I describe about the instruction manual to the Constitution. I think we're on the same page there. Um, getting to the true meaning behind the Constitution so we can understand what it actually, what the intent was. Uh, that's what the instruction manual, aka the letters from our founding fathers, is all about. That, that gives us that insight necessary to be able to figure that out. So thank you again for that review. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate everybody who leaves a review uh, so I can hear back from you. And again, if somebody has a criticism or something about the podcast or something you don't like, feel free to leave a review. Um, I, will, I will approach that in a very intellectual way. I'll try to understand your perspective. And if, if at the end of the day I still disagree with you, I will simply say that we'll have to agree to disagree because reasonable people can always agree to disagree on most things. And thank you to everybody who continues to download the podcast. I'll tell you a little bit, a little inside baseball, I guess, about the podcast. I haven't done this in a while. I use, I was paying attention for a while there in the beginning of which state in the union actually downloads the podcast most. And for a while there, it was kind of a battle between California and Texas. It was a lot of California downloads and a lot of Texas downloads, and the other states were, you know, kind of in the middle ground. And actually, Michigan lately has been, I th if I, I haven't done an exact count of the numbers, but Michigan looks like it's in the top spot, or, or it's, at least it's approaching the top spot right now. And that's, that's awesome. Uh, Michigan early on, I think, was uh, fairly, fairly low down on the list as far as the 50 states goes. But uh, Michigan has definitely risen up quite a bit. Arizona... Has, has seen seen quite a bit of downloads as well. So I, th I want to thank everybody out there in Michigan, Arizona, and of course our, our, our faithful listeners still in Texas, California, for listening and all the other states where the listenership is going up. Lately, the listenership to the podcast has been going up, and that's a credit to you folks as much as it is to me, or if not more so than myself, because again, I don't have a marketing department for this podcast. There's no advertising for the podcast. I know, I'm pretty certain anyway, I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty certain that some of you folks out there are definitely sharing the podcast with folks that you know, friends, family that you think might be interested in this topic. And I really appreciate 
appreciate that because it's it's in the sharing of this material with people around you that you'll be able to have good, solid discussions about this kind of material on your side of the equation outside of our study group here. And I, I like that idea. Often, Sometimes I talk to my friends and family about this kind of stuff as well, and they're always very interesting discussions, uh, especially for, for a history buff like myself who's interested in this kind of stuff. I think sometimes folks get uh, overwhelmed by my constant talking about this stuff. I actually, I don't know if I told you this story yet or not. I thought I did. I was on a date one time and I actually talked about this kind of stuff because she said something that opened the door to a discussion about history. I think she regretted opening that door, by the way, because I just kept going and going and going. So maybe some of you folks are the same way, and this podcast will provide for you a good discussion path for you, friends, family, uh, to talk about this kind of stuff. I, I really I really like that idea. And so thank you again for listening. I hope this podcast episode was uh, informative. And like I said, if you disagree with me on anything, leave a review on the podcast and let me know, and we'll bring it on. And I'll continue to read the reviews as they come in. Thank you so much for that. But uh, I'll look forward to the next episode of the podcast. We're going to get back into the letters to and from Benjamin Franklin on the next episode. Always a fun thing to to discuss those letters. Those those last the, the last letter that we had talked about um, that was written to Benjamin Franklin was a good one. I really enjoyed that. Uh, very good perspective on what was going on with King George III, and I hope you feel the same way. I really do. And with all that said, until next time, this is Roman signing off. Thank you. <laughs>